welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 295. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to discuss Star Trek Lower Decks' first season episodes, Much Ado About Boimler and Veritas. Here we go. Much Ado About Boimler, Season 1, Episode 7. Original release date, September 17th, 2020. Directed by Barry J. Kelly, written by M. Willis. Guest cast include Tox Ologonde as Amina Ramsey, Nolan North as Human Command Ensign, Jennifer Hale as The Dog and Durga, Vanessa Marshall as Otessa Warren, and Maurice LaMarche as Ellis and Drew Pratchett. <laughs> Mariner tries to impress her friend from Starfleet Academy, Captain Amania Ramsey, who is now acting visiting captain and makes Mariner her first officer. Boimler is sent to Starfleet medical ship after a transporter accident puts him out of phase. While Boimler and Tendi make their way to the Federation freak show, Division 14, Mariner isn't entirely acting like herself. She makes many mistakes and the enemy's crew isn't impressed with the captain's choice of first officer. What the I updated the dog. What does that even mean? In medical, they encourage us to do side projects. So I took a bunch of inner carbon and built myself a fluffy friend from scratch. It's supposed to look like a dog, you know, from Earth. Tendi, please get it out of here. Oh, of course. Come here. Come here. She's 5% faster and 6% smarter. You know, I hand-edited all 6 billion sequences. It was really fun. When did you even find time for that? Sometimes when I say that I'm going to the bathroom, I'm really recoding her DNA. This little lady's protein bonds totally accepted the Cas9 snipping without any cellular degradation. Who has malleable protein bonds? You do. Yes, you do. I don't care. Much ado about Boimler. Steve, get us going. All right. Much ado about Boimler. Um, So... This one was memorable for me for being the dog one. So I'm not a big animal guy. And so nothing creepier than a dog. That is an understatement. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is an understatement. Well, yeah. So not much creepier for me than a dog that's designed to be creepy or a dog like (laughs) thing. So that one, that really kind of freaked me, kind of freaks me out a little bit. But, uh, so that, that was, that was fun. And, uh, I, I kind of like when you were watching it, I wonder if some of the, you missed some of the jokes. Right, because like, yeah, yeah, you I don't just, really know that a dog doesn't do certain things like that. Right, right. I just thought, <laughs> oh gosh, they, a dog is on the ship. This is awful. That, that's yeah. it. You know, it's I mean, he, his, his head opens up and and the right. eyeballs come out like bats. Yeah. That, that's a thing dogs do. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. when that happened to me as in my youth, and that's what made me my this way. But um, so. Uh, yeah, no, but I also remember the whole being out of phase and the whole everyone's messed up and that, that, that's pretty, it's crazy. But I also uh, really enjoyed the uh, joke at the, toward the top about why they're even like on another ship, you know, this having expertise in germination of seeds and how they had a big mission around. It's so absurd and, and they, you know, it's uh, anyway, but you know, this is kind of what we've seen these, you know, a lot of little jokes put into a uh, a crazy show but you know why they why they why it works and why it's fun is because they 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 do pretty well in um in maintaining uh you know characters we, you know everyone's in character they have their you know development and interactions and so forth so i um i, I like it i mean i did not think it's the best or anything like that ever but it's it was certainly entertaining and um you know true to form as we've seen so far in this series one of the jokes right at the top made me laugh it was Tendi. She said, sometimes when I say I'm going to the bathroom, I'm really programming DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, Adam, your first thoughts here? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with Steve. Um, 
you know, there's kind of a theme between each of these episodes. They use a lot of misdirection and they, and they do that a lot in this episode here. You know, they, with it, you obviously have Mariner who has her friend there, who's a captain now, and she's messing up all these, you know, simple tasks. And, you know, we know Mariner well enough that she's a smart, very smart, um, um, ensign. She, she's probably, she, we've learned enough that she's, an ensign because she wants to be, not because she could be, you know, a commander and further up. And so they have the misdirection there is she keeps screwing up because she thinks her friend wants to promote her and be a captain and that kind of thing. And obviously with a Boimler, um, it kind of felt, <laughs> it almost felt a little bit section 31, you know, with the secrecy and we're going to this different the planet and, you know, you have the creek, you know, everybody that's messed up from various, um, you know, Starfleet events that we've seen throughout the years, they're all in one place. So it's kind of fun. And they're, Oh, we're going to take you to the farm. And then it ends up being this, this paradise. So again, mis- misdirection is fun and it works very well when you're parodying stuff. Um, you know, when you're, they're parody, these are all, this is obviously a parody of, um, um, you know, normal Star Trek and the misdirection just kind of makes it more fun. I think what's so funny about the, the being out of phase is the noise. It's just <laughs> this noisy transporter sound and you're trying to talk over it. And that's what makes it so funny. <laughs> It's just cosmetic. <laughs> they bring that joke back at the end, of course, when they, when they all those people get beamed and become, have the same problem. A lot of references to specific Star Trek episodes. She literally name checks Jellico. Right, right. And she's talking about the babysitter captain, and and, and you know we see him with the the black outfits, like from that episode and stuff too, <laughs> and training and things. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Actually, another spot that made me laugh out loud. Where the, the Captain Pike wheelchair things, whatever we call those, mm-hmm. on the spa planet, the farm, when there's a couple of those with like Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> but the, the Hawaiian shirts aren't over the people in the wheelchairs, <laughs> right. they're like over the whole <laughs> the whole Captain Pike wheelchair thing, which was funny. I like that the dog talks at the end. You are a, you are a freak. <laughs> I know. I think what's uh, interesting. Um, kind of on a more serious level is how we 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 haven't really seen a character like you know Mariner in Trek in terms of this whole chronic underachiever right? or, or purposefully you know doesn't have the ambition you know like has the you know this kind of idea I think I think it's interesting because um, that's this is, I, we flat have not seen that kind of thing because by definition you get you get these prodigies that come in and just want to do the best they can and climb and all this kind of stuff and you get someone who has the aptitude but not the attitude to climb you know and that's an interesting take. Well, we've seen uh, they have the desire but not the ability. Right. You know we've seen that, but you're right. We've never seen no desire. In fact, we've specifically seen that. I don't know the implication that you're that you're a lesser person if you don't have that desire. Maybe uh, the only the one thing I'm thinking of is um, tapestry, and that those scenes where uh, Picard is more of a junior officer, or whatever, and he has that meeting with Riker. And he's like, you know, I want to move up, but it, it felt like the 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 timbre of that scene is, you know, there there is something wrong with this guy because he hasn't moved up because he, you know personally i, I kind of relate to this like you know i've been in jobs where like i like this job i don't want to move up i i do want to keep doing this and if i move up i don't get to do this thing anymore and i've like i'm almost like feared that becoming public because of like you know they, they would think less of me if they thought i didn't want to move up the, this ladder yeah it's it's a it's a real thing it's an issue i think that's not talked about enough probably you know 
the rat race. And but um, I like that. You know, it's it's not like Mariner seems to. It's not like she's in her spot and she hates doing the job that she's doing. She seems to enjoy the grunt work, um, the blue collar work. You know, the maintenance of the ship. You know, these are the things that we haven't gotten to see in at in most other Trek shows is how the dirty work gets done, how the ship is operated, and obviously they do this in a very fun way on lower decks, and we're not seeing the full extent of what grunt work looks like, or you know, a full day of you know labor intensive work is like. You know, we're we're, we're usually on the bridge you know, with the, with the senior officers. And so that's, what's a nice, kind of the nice thing to get the different point of view about it. And it's like, there's some, I, I don't think she's embarrassed about what she's doing. She wants to be there. And, and, and I think it's, I think she likes it. And it's noble work. Obviously we'll get to see if the, how the maturation of her character plays out. This is an example of an episode where it doesn't really feel like there's any character growth, but it doesn't bother me, but I was kind of like aware of it, I suppose. And, and I feel like I, am more bothered in uh, live action treks when there's nothing, when there's no growth. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's the running time. They're in and out so fast that you don't think about it. You don't feel it. Uh, so it's almost more of like a character study than anything else. Or, I mean, it's okay to just have a, a just be funny. I mean, we don't have to have like, well, I think we learned more about Mariner in this episode about you know who she was and where she came from i mean we've gotten hints of that throughout this series so maybe there's not character growth from the standpoint in the episode but the audience gets to learn more about her enterprise come in (laughs) that's my phone sorry no kirk calling (laughs) what's this episode about I guess for Mar- what I took from the Mariner um, side of the story, I guess that would be the A story. It's like knowing who you are and where you want to be. And I think she, I think she wants to be right where she is, and she didn't want to be pushed one way or the another. Another, she wants to do her own thing, and it's just. I think that's just about knowing yourself and and being comfortable with yourself. And that's that's kind of what I got from here. Obviously, she kind of faked it so she wouldn't have to do, <laughs> be promoted. Um, the B story. Um, how does that relate to the A story? I guess things aren't always what they seem. I guess that's how it relates. The, the B story just seems more fun and like a fun ride to me. Yeah, this is one of these funny ones where like the episode's named after Boimler, but it's definitely doesn't feel like the core of the episode, that part of it. That just feels kind of like fluff. It's fun. It's funny. But, you know, the stuff we learn about Mariner and how she is and... um, that that, that that's, that's really interesting. And I'd like to see more of that kind of uh exploration because it, it like we said it's it's a character we haven't seen much of and um this notion of you know knowing what you want and it you know maybe it's something that is not the popular thing to want you know and, and so it, that's that's in a sense it's even um it's it's even harder to go down that path even if it doesn't look like it you know just to stay put because that's where you're happier versus climbing a ladder where you just know that's not what you want you know i think it's interesting that uh medical ship commander guy was that the same species as the guy from animated series you think supposed to be i think i thought i thought so yeah Yeah. i'm not sure we've seen that species since animated series Mm -hmm. and then that creature at the end sure looked like the farpoint creature (laughs) Yeah, yeah 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 cool all right Let's do six degrees for much ado about Boimler. Uh, Steve. Yep. 
Nolan North plays the reverse aging accelerated growth Starfleet crewman that instigates the mutiny in Star Trek Into Darkness. He played a, a crew member on Admiral Marcus's ship. Name that ship. I'm afraid it's been too long. I, I just don't recall. Adam? Is it the Vengeance? Yes, sir. Adam has taken a point. Doesn't Steve. happen often from, that I take one from Steve. I was going to give you a hint and say I am, but then I thought, well, Steve <laughs> doesn't see a lot of recent movies, so you might not get that reference. All right, Adam has one. Moving on. Very Toss, Season 1, Episode 8, original release date, September 24th, 2020. Directed by Kim Arndt, written by Garrick Bernard. Guest cast include John Delancey as Q, Kurtwood Smith as Claire, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, Kenneth Mitchell as Twerk Captain, Black Ops Operative, and Romulan Guard, and Brandon Johnson as Black Ops Operative. On Contolan Prime, Mariner, Boimler... Tindy and Rutherford are all thrown into what looks like a prison cell, though none of them have any clue why they are there. They are then all brought into a dark room which is full of primes who are chanting and playing drums, where they are forced to testify about a series of seemingly unrelated events. The first to give testimony will be Ensign Beckett, Mariner. Shiplock state you were present on the bridge when the Cerritos made contact with the clicket ship Twerk on Stardate 57818.4. I was, but I don't know what you want me to... Tell us of those wondrous events! Okay, it started off as a usual day. We were just hanging out. I mean, we were just doing work in the repair bay. Well, good day, now. Are you nuts? I said, who's the all-time biggest badass? Not who's a dude nobody's heard about. Uh, everyone knows Roga Daynar. No, they don't. She totally outsmarted Picard. And he has amazing hair. Well, Adam, get us going on Veritas. Veritas. So we jump right into it. You know, we have the imagery of um, all the Klingon trials that we've seen in the movies and um, some of the series. The chanting, you know, the 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 bad guy even looks like... um um. Was it Crane from Star Trek Six? You know, it's 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 very reminiscent. It's just it's just a play on the things that we've seen. So it's very fun, and then they're kind of thrown into this um, this trial that they have this they know nothing about. So right off the bat, it's it's very interesting because they're all clueless. We have all this imagery um, as fans thinking, oh, this is going to go very bad for them because. Um, this is this is what we've seen. You go to River Penta or you go to some sort of ice world after this kind of thing. So we jump into it and they're they're asking <laughs> the horn is even great. You have to speak into the horn <laughs> specifically. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And then you go through each character and they're just seemingly talking about random things. You know, you got um um Rutherford who's in this mission and he kind of keeps losing time. It's um, you know, I just watched um um, night moon so it's kind of <laughs> kind of brought that back to me it's like you lose time he's in different places so that's that's fun um tendy who is um put into moon night yeah moon night tendy who's put into um you know the secret mission where she's not supposed to be there um so it's 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 very cool because you see it from the point of view of obviously from the lower decks you know and all the other star trek series will be at deep space nine next gen you know the audience is for the most part involved in these secret missions and we know everything that's going on at the same time the main characters do so in this instance it's a lot of fun to kind of learn things um 
um, along with the characters. So it was an interesting play on on two t- different types of um, things that they've done in Star Trek: these um, secret um, espionage missions, and obviously the the trial episode right here. So I enjoyed it, and there's there's Google gobbles of of references to multiple Star Treks. I can't even keep up when I'm taking notes, so I don't even. <laughs> sometimes I just don't even bother. But yeah, I very much enjoyed this episode. Yeah, the the line that made me laugh out loud in this one. The fan dance almost got me. That was funny. <laughs> I want the regular fan dance, but no, the one that made me laugh out loud was the throwaway bit with the. It was like two two Romulan guards and one. You know, you know who I hate Remans. Oh yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> Why that was so funny to me? It was hilarious. Uh, Steve, uh, what are your thoughts here on Rick? Yeah, so I so I, I like this episode. I, I probably don't like it as well as some of the others. I think it's just because it feels like a whole lot of just references 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 and it's less cohesive than some of the others i think but that's just my opinion on that um i really i really like the um the when mariner's telling her tale and it's uh she's no not mariner the uh yeah tindy and and the uh bleeping you know there's there's nothing that's so funny about bleeped out stuff random stuff you know <laughs> they take it one step further by blacking out the eyes yes yeah, yeah it's just preposterous yeah it, so that was that was really funny i enjoyed that but otherwise yeah you get uh you know the, the a, a trial a courtroom or at least that's what it seems to be is a uh it's classic you know it's classic in star trek and it's classic in film and tv too so they because it, it works it's a delivery mechanism and you can tell things in retrospect and get different viewpoints and whatnot but um so you know they haven't done that yet they're doing it here and so it's kind of like a check it off the list kind of thing but uh, it's funny and entertaining as always i was just laughing about you know the, the bleeping you know we, we got the the f-bomb bleep from mariner early on when they were you know trying to find out who the the best villains were or whatever <laughs> they're early on well the, the, <laughs> the doctor what, yeah. What's the doctor's name? I forget the character. Um, blanking right now on it. Yeah. Well, she they, she has that bit where she's like on the wrong ship and just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. f bomb and it's, they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty funny when Bloimer, you know, she's like, "Does that cool?" When they're late to the bridge, "Does that cool?" Don't say anything, and they, you know, they put them directly on the spot. I mean, it's just it's a great comedic thing. You know, you you're late, you're trying to hide, and then the teacher calls on you. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that, the actor is really good. You know, he's he's perfect for that nervous missives and he's, he's he's great i i've said it before but I, all, all the acting is good like in the last one they had jennifer hale did the dog not only the one scene and it was great just constantly really great uh oh uh paul Shear is uh who is he's, he's the, the chief engineer i think but yeah the, he's Andy hilarious Brooks, yeah. he's hilarious every line he's got he's so funny yeah, he, he had that. There was that bit with him and Rutherford in this episode. Yeah, lots of crazy references. That must yeah. be a really old bird of prey, right? <laughs> Did they steal it from a museum or something? Must have. I mean, that's yeah. we only saw that in the original series, I believe. And that that yep. ship would be like 100 years old. Yeah. Of course, Q, we haven't spoken of. All right. Look at that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even write him down. I didn't realize that th- that was the first time in this show that uh, an actor has come back to do a voice for their existing character. Because we see it so much, but this is the first time in this show that's happened. Right, right. Doesn't um, is it Jonathan Franks in a couple Franks. episodes? Uh, Franks is in, yeah, it's like the last episode, I think he does on the Titan, I should say. Yeah, season two and three have a lot more, or rather season two, yeah, have a lot more of these cameos and such, yes. Yeah. 
Well, I thought Q was funnier at the end. In the last um, couple seconds there, when he says something about Picard, always just quoting Shakespeare. <laughs> well, we get almost, if we get into what this is about, what this episode is about, we almost get it literally like on the nose as far as what this whole show is supposed to be in the name of Lower Decks, right? We're Lower Decks and no one ever tells us what's going on. <laughs> What's it about, Adam? No, I think you're right about that. That's kind of a broad theme there. Um, I think what also they're they're talking about is they. I don't think they really hit it on the nose nose, but at the end when when Boimler's talking about you know nobody's perfect, they all make mistakes. Um, we're not superheroes, and I think that's kind of what they're saying. Everybody's human, and everybody makes mistakes, and they don't tell us things because we're lower decks, we're lower officers. So that's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this on on the whole, this series is a commentary on the workplace, you know. And so, you know, anytime you address what what the lower decks are doing, you know, the the, the minions, the whatever little people fill in the blank, um, compared to the top people at the top, you know, you get a commentary on the the organization and the structure. And this is a uh, communication problem. It's a lack. I mean, this is taken to the extreme where you have this absurd scenario where they go through this whole exercise and no one bothers to say, now, wait a minute, this, you don't know what's going on. This is not what it seems, et cetera. But um, it, you know, there's obviously a breakdown in communication and not, not pushing that communication down results in a, in a big waste of time, embarrassing mess, you know? So party gone bad. Yeah. And then by the end we get the first thing the captain says is, from now on, we're going to try to keep you more informed. And within seconds, it's all classified. It's all classified. <laughs> I like that is the beam of celebration. His, uh, Clara's response when they're like, why are the, why are the senior officers suspended in that? <laughs> it is, it is kind of a recurring joke in this, in this show where they flip it at the end, like in the previous episode with the farm and, and we've seen it in other episodes. So you almost get to the point where you're just waiting for it. It works for the for animation. If they were doing this in a, a live action show every time, it would get kind of old. But for, for the purposes of a comedy, it, it works pretty well. We did see, I was, I was surprised, but we did see one of the producers, or was it the show? I forget. Somebody on Strange New Worlds said one of the upcoming episodes is a comedy episode. Just saying that it's a flat out comedy episode, which when was the last time we've seen that in a Star Trek that wasn't animated? DS9 episode in the late seasons, I remember that was could be classified as that. But. So over 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Did Voyager try it at any point? I don't think so. Well, and then along the same vein, I would like to see animation in Star Trek that's not targeted toward children nor comedy, too. I would like to see some serious of that as well, if they want to take that leap. Yeah, Adam's always referencing uh, Clone Wars. That seemed to straddle that line really well. Like, it wasn't a comedy show, but it wasn't for kids but kids could watch it yeah it did it made a nice balance well the well if you if you, if you watch the the clone Wars series i mean there are there are definitely throwaway episodes where you're like this is just totally for kids but most of it is you know filling in the story so these two episodes today there's they're still good they're maybe not quite as good as some of the better episodes we've seen but i still think they're good right? yeah i agree yeah all right let's do six degrees for veritas Adam? Yes. Kurt Wood Smith pl- provides the voice of Clar. Smith played the Federation president in which Star Trek feature? That would have been Star Trek 4. No! Oops. Steve? Oh, 6. 6, sorry. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking of Voyage Home, but that was a different one. Those men have literally saved this planet. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I know, and they're going to do it again. 
by standing trial. <laughs> I told you, I, I saw Kurt, Kurt Wood Smith in a restaurant in Sherman Oaks here in LA once. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, Kurt Wood Smith. What was he eating? Actually, he was going to sit at his table and everybody was talking to him. Oh. Could, to did you say, could you fly, Brian? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing I was going to mention is <laughs> I've sort of referenced both Robocop and Clarence Boddicker <laughs> because in my, my previous question, I talked about Admiral Marcus's ship. That was Peter Weller. And here I'm talking about Kurt Wood Smith, Clarence Bodiger. So I was able to kind of get in a Robocop reference. I just watched that recently because it came out on 4K. Got to love that movie. It's okay. So you guys stole each other's questions and tied it. Fun. Since we posted our last podcast, we have now seen a couple of episodes of Strange New Worlds. I'll just say without spoiling anything in any way, I definitely really enjoyed the pilot episode. Made me excited for the show. The reviewer on TrekCore said something, put put a note in there that I thought was really funny. This is not even really a spoiler for the first episode of Strange New Worlds, but if you don't want to hear zero and you haven't watched it yet, skip ahead 30 seconds. In the episode, someone is watching The Day the Earth Stood Still, and, and on, on <laughs> that review said, um, does this mean Robert Wise is canon like in Star Trek Universe? <laughs> <laughs> That, that's amazing i love that yeah that's funny yeah yeah have you did you both watch it the show i haven't seen it yet i've seen the first two i haven't yeah. seen one premiere today yet you know yeah so exciting times i could i just started season two of ricard last night so i'm gonna get through that and then i'll start up on strange new worlds so yeah i'm only not i'm only refraining from talking about it because it is so new and i don't want to you know in case any listeners haven't watched it yet i don't want to spoil anything excited to see more all right folks uh you can send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com our twitter handle is at trekcompanion we're going to be back in two weeks to finish out lower decks's first season and uh thank you so much for spending a half hour with us and until next time take it easy bye guys see ya I passed it.